Yes, that's that kind of quality professional audio cueing that goes on here on the Rec Poker Podcast. You know it, folks. That's what you're in uh, in for now. It's the Forums Edition. So I'm your host, Jim Reed, Bluff Serini in the home game. And if you want to learn more about me, you can go to rec.poker slash crew. Uh, and you're also going to learn about a bunch of other fun people, everyone on the Wrecking Crew. And they're not all here tonight, but we got a couple of them. So Wrecking Crew members, why don't you tell Rec Poker Nation where they can get a hold of you? I'm Kim Kilroy. I'm Fergie56 in the home game. And you can find me as PetBat or PetBat33 on most other platforms. And I'm Rob Washam, and I'm Rabman50 just about everywhere. And I want to thank our sponsors, Running Aces Hotel, Racetrack and Casino, and Website Amp. So, like I said, I'm Jim Reed, Blusterini in the home game. This is the Rec Poker Podcast, and we uh, every Monday we get together and we take a post from the Rec Poker forums, and we talk about it here on the air. So this week we are going to take a post from Jack, and the subject of the post is betting for protection. So Jack says, I've heard many poker commentators and coaches state the following. There are two reasons to bet to get a worse hand to call, or to get a better hand to fold. So is betting for protection a third reason, or is it some variation of the other two reasons? And folks, I don't know if we're going to be able to give you exactly the answer that Jack is looking for here, because it's a question that you hear a lot in the poker world. And it's it's generally true that bets are divided into value bets and bluffs. Uh, value bets are bets that get called by worse hands and bluffs are hands that get better hands to fold are bets that get better hands to fold. Um, it's true that that is uh, how we kind of think about bets in a way, but we also think about like, what is the reason why we are betting? Why are we betting is a question we should ask ourselves all the time. Um so here, Rob, I know there's uh, you pulled something out of modern poker theory that kind of gets at this. Why don't, why don't you take it from here? Yeah, I think uh, it, it, when I first read this, it was like eye opening, I guess you could say, because I've always been in that camp where you're betting for value or you're betting as a bluff and you're trying to get, you know, you're trying to get more chips in the pot when you got a good hand and you're trying to get them to fold when you don't. Um, and then I read this on modern poke in the modern poker theory book, and it, I thought it was very interesting. Um, what he says is betting as a bluff for value or et cetera are results of betting, not the reasons to bet. If you bet and your opponent calls with worse, you made a value bet. If they fold a better hand than yours, you made a successful bluff. So that's really different than anything that I've ever thought of when I'm thinking about betting. Then he goes on to say, uh, if you think about betting in a more scientific and methodical way by applying game theory concepts, you can reduce the reasons for betting to two primary concepts, leveraging the advantage of knowing your own cards and realizing equity or prevent your opponent's equity realization. So, those two concepts are, you know, it's very similar to betting for value or betting as a bluff, but the way he, you know, he comes at it from a GTO standpoint, it has just a little bit different connotation than what we're used to, uh, uh, how we, how we used to think about it, I guess. 
Yeah, and and Taylor Moss agrees with you because he's not here tonight, but he responds in the in the forum post. And I do encourage all our listeners go get a free rec poker account. Just go to rec.poker and sign up for free. You can post in the forums, play in the home games, check out the discord, um, go check out all the free videos on YouTube. Totally, totally free. Um, and, uh, you know, we don't do these forum posts justice on the air. You really got to go check out the forum posts, see all the responses, see the images that folks have uploaded and that kind of stuff. So Taylor says, just generally, I hate that saying, betting for protection. Um, and it's it's something that sounds wrong whenever I hear it. Whatever reason it may be, I just don't like how it sits with me. Betting to deny equity is a much better reason, in my opinion. And it encompasses that same type of thought process, but gives it a more real purpose, uh, which I think is that is that is helpful as well. So uh, here, Kim, w- when you're thinking about betting, w- how do you think about it? Is it this kind of polarized, it's a value bet or it's a bluff or is there more? Not necessarily. I, I'm thinking more along the lines of the absolute value, the absolute value of my hand at the time. So for instance, if I've been the pre-flop raiser and I get called um, either out of position or in position, say I have pocket nines um, and the flop comes eight, seven deuce. So I'm going to see that a lot more often um, there for protection against the overcards that could come. Right? You mean like you're going to bet more off? You're going to bet with pocket nines when you Whereas might check if with I pocket might just aces check, or something. I might check back if I have aces or kings yeah. or queens, right? Yeah. So I don't mean when I'm in position. I'm talking about so if I've been called and I'm in position. The other time I think about a protection bet is for when I'm thinking about check raising from the big blind. So if I've called a raise from the big blind and say I have nine, 10 suited and the flop comes uh, with a nine high or 10 high, um, I may check raise for protection against other overcards that are gonna be bad for me to Mm -hmm. see. Whereas I would check call if I had ace 10 or ace nine, because now an ace, if an ace comes, I will now have two pair and an ace is a really good card for our initial raiser to bet. Right. Yes. So I would check, I may check back there if it gets checked, like it might go check, check, or like, I'm just talking about when I, more likely to check raise and that's when I think of protection so if I have a hand that I'm worried about what the what the turn card could do for the absolute rate the absolute value of my hand Mm -hmm. then I'm more likely to what I call bet for protection right so it comes down to in a way how vulnerable your hand is Is right you're more likely to bet it when it's more vulnerable right um Okay, so that so that makes really sense. this is just this is just a nomenclature, right? Right. Betting for protection or betting to uh, deny your opponent's equity is mm-hmm. exactly the same thing. Mm-hmm. And typically, what we're talking about. So one example might be betting too large for them to profitably call with a flush draw, for instance. So you can put a bet out there where if they call with a flush draw, they're making a mistake. So you kind of, 
what am I trying to say here? If they fold, that's kind of good for you. <laughs> and if they call, that's also kind of good for you because you've made the price such that they're actually making a mistake by doing it. Now, is that different from another typical value bet or 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 a bluff? Or is it just, because when I think about this, I think of what we're really talking about is take our take our opponent's entire range. How do we want him to him or her to respond with the various parts of that range to our bet? Ultimately, I know it's it's a, it's an even stupider, longer way of thinking about this, but it's like uh, I don't know. On thinking poker, they talk about like the magic bet that people that doesn't oh, exist. Yeah. That's like, oh, I'm just going to make this, and he'll he'll call with some worse hands, but he'll probably fold some better hands too. You know, it's like, yeah. no, that no, that exist. that doesn't exist. That's not how <laughs> poker works. You don't get to make a bet that people call with worse and fold better. So what you're doing is you're you're just not being very accurate with your assumptions about your opponent's range. Um, so I think well, like, a lot of times, a lot of times too, people talk about. Um, pinpointing the type of hand that you you put your opponent on a specific hand or a very tight range of hands, and then you make a bet according to that. Mm. Now, if he happened to have something different than that in his range, his range is wider, obviously, and and you're. But I hear him a lot on thinking poker, especially talking about uh, attacking a certain type of hand that your opponent might have. Yes. For instance, if I have Ace Queen. I'm want, I want to get somebody with ace jack to call me. Right. Right. You know, I'm, I, I'm, I'm targeting that ace jack. Now, if he happens to have ace king, I'm going to be screwed either way. <laughs> but if he happens to have ace jack, I'm in good shape because if I can get him to call, I'm, get, I'm making a value bet. Okay. And, that, and that's where I think the sizing comes in. It's so important because we talk about this. This is another thing I ripped off from the Thinking Poker podcast back in the day, which is con- <laughs> contorting our, our opponent's ranges with our bet sizing. So if let's say the board is, you know, it's got an ace up there and we've got ace queen and we want to make a bet that's going to get called by ace jack. If we make a smaller bet, He's going to call with ace king, but he's also going to call with ace jack. And they're also going to call with ace 10. If we make a bigger bet, they're only going to call with the hands that beat us. And so the sizing that we choose uh, contorts the range of our opponents, the hands that that they continue through that action with. Uh, Kim? Right. Yeah. No, I mean, that's the biggest mistake that I see people make, recreational poker players make, and myself, is trying to get a big value bet on the river from a from a hand that's probably no better than middle pair at best. So you really have to think about what you're trying to get called by and not get greedy and say, you know, I'm just trying to get paid the most chips. Like if you're pretty sure the person has it in the top pair, there is an ace and you're pretty sure they have an ace, then target the ace and yeah. make your bigger bet. But if it's, they probably don't have an ace and it's probably, you're just trying to get called by a middle pair of eights or something then you have to adjust your bet size accordingly. And it, it really takes a lot of thought on the river. And I see people just like splash out bets, half pot size bets oh, no. all over the place. Oh, God. Higgly, piggly. Heaven forbid. Yeah, that's, forbid. A, that's not hashtag pet bet approved. <laughs> so I think it's really some thought that people have to put in to what are you trying to get called by and what yeah. is your target here? So. And, uh, if you're targeting a big hand, then bet big. If you're targeting a wider range, if the if the 
if the story that has been told shows that there's a wider range here, if there's some missed draws and you just want to try and get called by ace high, you got to go really small. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's a crucial point that Kim's brought up here is the targeting. Another thing that we can steal from the Thinking Poker podcast. So whether it's whether it's bluff targeting or value targeting or like whatever it is, um, it's it's just like we were talking about before. Different parts of their range are going to affect differently to different bet sizes. So um, if you feel like their range is mostly draws, then you should be just not you know tailor your bets to making them make a bad decision with their draws. And, you know, if you've got, and, and I guess we should also say it does matter where you are in the hand. When you're on the river, uh, there, are, there is no more protection to be had. So by the, when, by, when you're on the river, you're actually dealing with a situation where one player's got 100% equity, the other player has 0% equity or a split pot, but that doesn't happen very often. So it's really more about flop and turn play where we talk about, because pre-flop, there's not enough information to know how you're drawing. And on the river, all the drawings done. So most of these protection bets are going to be on flops and turns. Right. But most of the bet sizing mistakes I see are on rivers. <laughs> yes. Yes. I bet. I bet. Um, and yeah, people, people play the rivers the least often out of any street. So they're the least experienced on the river. Um, and it's the street that's most unlike the others because there's no more cards to come. Uh, and the pot's always as big, the biggest it can possibly be. So uh, it is a, it is a unique street and, uh, it's not, I'm not surprised people make the most mistakes there. They, they talk a lot about the, um, value bet and the bluff bet, but there's also the blocker bet, which is mm-hmm. a very important bet in poker these days as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So tell us a little bit that can, well, my understanding of the blocker bet, it is to lay the price in the hand. When you're just, you don't want to have to call a big bet by your opponent. And most of the time you're going to fold to a raise. Yes, I, I feel like that is true as well for, for typical blocker bets. They're usually like a thin value that doesn't want to get raised, but doesn't want to get <laughs> yeah. back, right? It's usually a bluff catcher. It's usually a bluff catcher. You don't want to have to catch a bluff for 60% pot. <laughs> Whereas if you can set the price that I'm going to, I'm going to bet 33% of the pot as a blocking bet, knowing that if, if my opponent can't make a thin value for 60%, which I have mm-hmm. to call, because mm-hmm. I don't, I don't want to have to put that many chips in, in the river. Right. So mm-hmm. a blocking bet is you put a smaller bet in hoping that your opponent will just call that bet. Because you were going to call whatever bet he made anyway, because right. you're bluff catching. Or they're so folding. You don't want to, you want to, no. Or they're folding, correct. Sure. Yeah, but sure. but you want you want to set that price, like Kim said. You want to set the price. You don't want to beat. have to face a big. Yeah, when you're yeah. beat, you don't yeah. want to have to pay the big price. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Yep, yep. So so now I guess one other there's one other type of people talk about betting for information. Mm which is uh, that's really a bad reason to bet <laughs> of all the reasons that we've talked about. This is the one yeah. don't do this folks. Don't bet for information. You can check for information. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. Don't bet for information. Uh, it You hear people saying that a lot and they don't really, I mean, that's what they're saying, but I don't think that's what they really mean. Um, you know, you need to be making a bet. 
based on your range versus their range. Mm-hmm. And then on the top of that, your two cards, because you know what your two cards are. You know what your range is, you know what their range is, but you specifically know what your two cards are. So you can make bets based on that and you can make value bets or bluffs based on your knowledge of your two cards, but it's never for information. I mean, obviously you're going to find out something if they mm-hmm. call, mm-hmm. it's going to, you know, it's going to change their range somewhat, but that's not why you're making the bet. Yeah. But that's you, you should always, be changing their range every action. That's why we're making a bet because we're always going to get information. Yeah. But you're going to get information whether you bet or not. That's the thing. Yes. Every decision but point we get to learn why something. We're, yeah, but yes. that's not why we're betting. That's yes. a result Correct. of the betting. Good point. Correct. Good point. Okay, that's the point of the episode right there. Um, that even though you do get that benefit from betting, that's not why we bet. That wasn't why we chose to make that bet. Um, <clears throat> and and I want to tick off on Kim's point about targeting as well, because it, it, that's really that's really what we're talking about. And as we get better at poker, we're going to be visualizing our opponent's range, and we're going to be thinking about how the different parts of the range are going to respond to this action on this board and that kind of thing. And when you have a value hand, you're going to be t- you're going to be targeting the part of their range that's going to call with a worse hand. They're still going to take other actions with the better hands. You can't control that. But that's not what you're kind of worried about right now at that point. And when you're bluffing, you know, you're thinking how can I get him to fold a jack here? You know, if he's got a pair of jacks on this ace jack 6 board, uh, what's the size that I need to bet that he's going to fold a jack? That's the like target that you have. And then it's the same with these protection bets. If you're, you're saying, boy, this is a very draw heavy board. Like, how can I exploit the draws that we want this player uh, to have? So it's going to be by making that bet that, um, you know, it, it either creates them making a bad decision by calling or you give them a right decision, but it like, gives you that information that you're saying that, that, that you happen to get by, uh, by making that action as well. So I don't know if we answered Jack's question here. I think having a reason for your bet is, is the most important thing and thinking about how it's going, how the opponent's range is going to respond, really try and visualizing the different parts of your opponent's range and then making a bet that, that makes the most sense. Any other tips from the panel on how to think about this or other other ways to describe betting or reasons for betting or the effects of betting? Right. Having a reason to bet isn't always based on our hand and our hand strength either. Like if we know we're an opponent against an opponent who is always fit or fold, meaning mm-hmm. if they haven't hit anything, they're just folding, then we can see bet 100% of our range, no matter right. what our cards are, no matter how far away from the flop we are. So if we're, if we're not, and we don't have to do it for a very big amount, which I've heard you say lots of times before, Jim, it can just be a very small bet because we're against a fit or full player. I love those player. <laughs> don't we, where we, we use our, we use our sizing to, as a, as a We've weapon. We've all right? been those players. It's true. It's true. We have, <laughs> of course we have. And then we got savvy. We started learning about minimum defense. We freedom. all came to wreck poker. That's right. <laughs> so i guess the my, the one the last co- the last uh, point that i want to make on this is you guys have already talked about how and rob you made a great point about how we're playing against our opponent's range but we actually know what our cards are and and so there are times 
when we are playing against less sophisticated players that aren't thinking about ranges at all, we can, we can just play our hand. We can just play our hand against what we think their range is. So we can, when we're, when we've got pocket fives, we can play to get pocket sixes to fold. We wouldn't do that when with our entire range, but we can do that when we're holding pocket fives because this player isn't thinking about it like that. If it's a more thoughtful player who's going to be thinking about how our entire range plays, then we have to play our range against their range. And that was a real pivot point for me in my poker education was learning. Sometimes you can play your hand against players' ranges, and sometimes you have to play your range against players' ranges. And you need to be balanced against players that are going to be looking for balance. You don't have to be balanced against players where you can just play your hand. So, And, and you're giving up money if you do so. If you're like, oh, well, I have to be, you know, I, I got to play this here because he's going to be expecting me to do this here. If they're not actually expecting that, just play your hand, man. Like, just just take the club out and hit them with the club. You don't need a fancy tool. Just hit them a trap. Just hit them with the club and save those fancy traps for those uh, balanced players. Yeah, Rob, is that it for you? It looked like you had one more no, nugget that's... of wisdom. No, that's it. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, then without any further ado, I guess I just want to thank uh, John and Stu for sticking around here in the chat. And I want to thank Jack, uh, who says, Rec Poker rules. And he's right. Thanks, Jack. And Miss Click Donkey and uh, Rob and Kim and Running Aces Hotel, Racetrack and Casino and Website App. And you, the listeners. Thanks.